welcome to Just Jay-Z, an epic podcast for hairdressers. Welcome back to Just Jay-Z. You guys, it's Jesse here. And Stu. All right. We have finally, hopefully, figured out our audio. And I'm sure it's still going to change. But today has been very frustrating because we've been like rearranging furniture, using different microphones. Literally, audio is no joke. It's been like the hardest thing about this podcast is making sure it's all sounding good. So hopefully you guys like this episode and it sounds good because it's been a nightmare to try to figure out. <laughs> we will definitely see how this episode goes. So bear with us God. for one more season. For one more season and hopefully 10 more. Okay. So we had an idea for today's episode to talk about things that we wish we knew, and we are going to be giving you guys advice. We put stories out on our Instagram and we decided to ask you guys questions on what you needed advice on, whether it's relationships or workplace drama or money or anything. And we are definitely not qualified to answer these things, but we thought we'd give it a shot. This is like my dream come true because whenever my mom went to beauty school, she went to a community college. So she had to take all these like weird basic classics before like general classes. And so my grandma kept her typewriter that she had that sounds like so ancient ancient <laughs> ancient words are hard and so like whenever I was growing up I would like type like ask do and I'd give <laughs> advice to my cousins and I was like always wanted to have an advice column it's so that my grammar sucks I love that. And newspapers are kind of on their way out. So this is like the new age advice column, yeah. right? So we both screenshotted all the questions we got and we are just going to be chatting away today, giving you guys advice and doing the best we can to help you out. So do you want to take it away first? Yeah. So let's start off with this one. It says, how do you deal with a client who's always asking how much longer is it going to be? And they're trying to rush you to get out of the door. The worst. Honestly, the bottom line it comes down to is just communication and be like, if you want this, I can achieve it. But you always tell people to don't plan anything else on their hair days if you can't help it because I don't want you to come in late from running somewhere else or I don't want you to feel like you have to be rushed to get out because like good hair takes time and maybe I can get it done in a few hours. Maybe it takes longer than that. But either way, like I don't care how long it takes me. I just want to make sure you are happy with the result for the next six to eight to 10 weeks, however long or however often that you come in. And sometimes you just have to be patient for it. Some things take longer than other things. So just have a chill pill, Betty, and (laughs) try to relax and enjoy the shampoo. (laughs) Well, I think it's also important in consultation to go over timing, put it in your waiver. If you have like a new client form that you have your client sign and know that whether it's a new client or an existing client, it's always unpredictable with hair. For example, you could have a client that you've been doing for years and years. And one time their hair just pulls differently because of hormones or stress or something like that. So a perfect example is my cousin last week. Oh yeah. That was weird. I've been doing her hair for years. And last time she came in and we did like pretty much the same thing we always do. And her hair turned out like a rose gold pink color. And I was like, what the heck? Like we toned with like N's and GI's and NB's. So it's just crazy. And so obviously we had to take a little more time to tweak it. And that can happen whether you have been doing their hair for years or not. So just explain to them up front what you think the timing is going to be. And hopefully they can understand or respect your time. Okay. So this one says I'm currently doing commission. How do I go to another salon and booth rent or open a salon suite? This is always just going to be a scary jump in your career, no matter what, whether you've been doing hair for 10 months or 10 years, changing is, you know, scary. It's a different thing. It's a new adventure. And especially going to like booth rent or renting a suite, you're transitioning from being someone's employee or commission stylist into being your own boss and you're running your own business, whether it's on a smaller scale or a larger one. So I would say my biggest piece of advice is just make sure you're 100% ready. 
I think a lot of stylists jump the gun with booth running because they think, oh, I'm getting a little busier. I can handle this. I'll make more money without realizing you have to have a business license and an LLC in place. And you're now responsible and liable for anything that goes wrong. You need your own insurance. You're buying your own product. You're furnishing your suite. There's so much that goes into it. So I would just make sure you're 100% ready and you know what you're getting into before making that leap. And then once you do, don't look back. You know, you just have to go into it hundred percent, give it your all work, the long hours, put in the work and it will pay off in the end. I think if you are in that transition period of your life, you should go back and listen to our podcast with hair by Marissa Sue mm-hmm. It's called the risk of stepping out on your own. And it, I feel like her story and everything that she went through can really help inspire you to kind of take the leap and just know like, it's going to be a lot of work, but it can happen whether it takes like Some people are successful and the next day that they go off on their own. And sometimes it takes years for people to get on their feet and have like a steady income and things like that. So go listen to that podcast episode because I think it'll actually help you out a lot. I think that's smart. And I think that every stylist goes through that at one point or another. And just remember that a lot of us put our highlight reels on Instagram, but no one shows the behind the scenes. So never compare yourself to someone else like, oh, they did it. And it looked so easy and so perfect because everyone in that situation has gone through like the transition period and struggled and it'll be the same for you, but it will all pay off in the end. Hmm, That was deep. Backing it up from going like commission to renting your own spot. What should be my first steps when getting close to graduating hair school? Ooh, I like this one. So the first thing I would say is try to find a tribe that matches your vibe. I always say it the other way. So I always get tongue twisted (laughs) when I try to put my thing down, flip it and reverse it. But what that means is just try to look into salons. Don't just find which one that looks picture perfect on Instagram because it could be a total different story whenever you're walking in there. Before I like committed to working at Jay-Z, there was just like the it salon in my town. And I was like, oh my God, I have to work there. And I actually went and worked there for like three hours. and Three hours. Literally three hours. My first day I quit because the girls were just snarky. We're like, we're the best salon in town and this and that. And I was just like, okay, get over yourself a little bit. And there was like a couple incidents where they were just like throwing towels on the floor and they're like, can you pick that up? And like, I just wasn't down for that. So make sure that the salon you're looking into, like you go and shadow for a day, if that means it, just really get a feel for it. Because I feel like your first impression in the industry and like how your life is going to go and how your career is going to go plays a big role in the salon environment that you're in. You want to be around people who are super supportive. You want to be around people that like want to bring you up and people that want to just like be there for you and watch you succeed. I've gotten really lucky being next to this chick, all the things that I've gotten to do in a short amount of time from like just moving here and working here at the salon and like working my way up with like education or whatever like that. I feel like the biggest thing, obviously like have social media, try to be building your clientele while you're in school before you're stepping out, just so you have like a little bit of like a steady place to go to. But the main thing is I feel like just try to your best to find the salon that is going to be fitting for you, whether it's assisting or booth renting or freaking commission, whatever it is, just really look into salons. I would highly suggest that. I agree because you may not find the right like salon home in the very beginning, but you'll learn through those experiences. Don't just settle for the first one that you find because it's the only place that'll hire you. Do your research. And honestly, when you go in for interviews at different places, act like you're interviewing them because you need to have that confidence and almost act like, yeah, you would be lucky to have me as a stylist, not in like a cocky way, but like in a confident way, because you don't want to just be desperate for a job and just land wherever, because that really can kind 
kind of like make or break your career. And I feel like another important thing is I always get so impressed by stylists in school that have a social media. Like you were like, how many followers did you have in school? So I started my hair Instagram whenever I was like my first day of school because it was like our project. of the. I love that they did that in your school. And when I graduated, I had 3000 followers. Awesome. And I think that's a big reason why you are where you're at today, because in school you were posting and you were trying to learn and put yourself out there and making connections in the hair world. Like Mm -hmm. you were talking to other stylists on Instagram. So I got here. Yeah, exactly. So start making those connections now because it's never too soon. That way, when you get out of school, you're confident enough to continue posting and start looking for jobs and assisting and just kind of work your way up from there. So it's never too early to start. And then also just all the education you can get, whether it's in-person classes, taking online classes, watching YouTube videos, assisting someone in person, just do everything you can to learn because we've said this a million times, school teaches you the basics, but the real world teaches you everything else. And you just need to like dive in and learn everything that you can. One thing before we jump to the next question, after I had that little incident with the salon, where I just walked out and I was like, I quit. What I ended up doing is one of my educators in school, she worked like three days teaching, two days at a salon. So I would actually go and shadow her. And I found a salon that I really, really loved. And if I didn't have the opportunity to like move and work for Jesse, obviously in her company, I definitely feel like I would have found my home there, but it was nice to have options because I played around. Like I've been mm-hmm. around Jesse and her salon, her team, everyone even like assisted before I moved here just to make sure like it vibed really well and everything. Yeah. Can you imagine um, you move here and you're like, uh, never like, Actually, mind. y'all all suck. It was nice to be like, okay, I have this place, but I also have this place and kind of have your options of what's going on. I didn't just say like, yes, to the first thing, like opportunity that came. I was like, I need to think this out because this, I mean, technically it is the rest of your life because yeah. that first line can make you hate doing hair because the energy and the vibe and the juju was so bad. So honestly, just... I don't know. I can't stress Listen it enough. Your heart. <laughs> Mine says I'm opening my own salon and my current salon owner doesn't know and is going to be pissed in mm-hmm. all capital letters. Dun, dun, dun. And all right. this question comes from, no, I'm just <laughs> yeah, yeah. not going to call, call anyone out. This is all anonymous. So coming from a salon owner's perspective, this one's hard because no matter what, when anyone leaves your salon, whether it's for a good reason or a bad reason, it's always going to sting a little bit just because it's like losing a child in a sense. Like, oh, we've spent all this time kind of like together and you're part of this little family and then you're leaving. And even though you're proud of them and you're happy for them, it's still a little hard. So I know that a lot of people get scared to tell their salon owner things because of that. So it's all in the way that you do it. Have a really open and meaningful conversation and explain how grateful you are for them and you know how happy you were to start your career there or however long you've been there, like all you've learned from them and just kind of start it off that way and then go into what you need to tell them. And if it's a good supportive salon owner and you're doing your own thing, I just don't feel like there's ever room for a salon owner to be like mad over that because at some point in all of our careers, we're going to hit the goals that we're working towards. And you opening a salon is a great achievement. And if she can't see that, then I'm sorry. Like that's just not something you need in your life anyway. But I think it is just all in the way you approach it. Like I said, and then also don't be secretive about it because I had someone who worked for me a while ago do this where they opened a salon and totally fine and supported her. But the way she went about it was wrong because she was telling everyone in the salon about it and also trying to poach my stylist to go and work for her. And then I found out literally like the day before she left. So I had heard whispers about it from other people because she had been talking about it. So it kind of felt like 
it was a big secret behind my back. And then obviously she had poached stylists and that's not okay. So I feel like as a salon owner, that's where I'd be more upset as if it went down that way. But if you came to me like, Hey, in three months I'm doing this and I wanted to let you know, for me, I would rather have that open and honest communication than have it be a secret because then I can support you through it and know that you're leaving in 90 days and it will give me time to hire someone else to fill your spot. And at least for me, that's how I would handle it. But I know that not all salon owners are that way. And I know some salon owners would probably just kick you out that day and be like, well, you're done. You know? So I know that that can be scary, but for me, at least that's how I would handle it. I would definitely have to agree with Jesse. I feel like the being honest and upfront, whether, however your boss is going to take that, if they're a good salon owner and like actually there to support you, like Jesse said, it's definitely going to be like not an easy transition to ever lose anyone that's on your team. That's no fun for me thinking about it. Like I'm not really anyone's boss. Like I have two assistants that are like hired under me. And I guess I'm technically their boss. I don't really like to think about it that way though. I feel like we're friends, whatever. You can be but but I would rather know in plenty of time that I needed to replace them. And like I'd be happy for them. Like they just both got jobs here at Jay-Z to do hair. They're still gonna be with me for a bit, as far as I know. Fingers crossed, I would die without them. But (laughs) honestly, the more time notice that I had, I would be happier with like, yeah, it sucks to lose them. Someone you've trained someone that knows exactly what you need and like have to redo that with someone else. But like, it's just a part of like being in business. Yeah. Yeah, it is. There's always going to be turnover no matter what industry you're in. And it just be like that sometimes. Typically, what questions do you ask your clients during a consultation? Also, I love you. We love you. (laughs) Also, I love you. As far as like consultation goes, I usually do majority of it over Instagram because I pretty much book like 99% of my clients over Instagram. So the way that I like to do it, if someone reaches out about wanting an appointment. Like, well, sometimes I'll guess I get texts and stuff too from like other clients or like friends who have been referring people. But what I always do is say, Hey, send me a picture of your hair now. Like take one tonight. If you can, not like an Instagram picture, like with a filter and like face tune and everything else. Like I want to see a picture of your hair tonight of what it looks like now. And then I want to see an inspiration picture so that we can kind of game plan. I'm like, Oh, you need a full highlight, a half highlight, an all over color, a root color, like whatever it may be. And then as far as like, I give them prices and options and like options to book. So what I'll do is whenever I book the appointment and the notes for the appointment, I'll just put the client's Instagram name so I can go back and look at those pictures really easily. Cause it's like, you're not going to remember every single client you book, especially when people, some people book out for like, they're like, I want to get an appointment now, but don't want to come in for like two months. I'm like, okay, in two months, I'm not going to remember what we talked about. So it's always good to have that little reference point. So I can just pull up their Instagram, look at through our messages and be like, okay, this is what they look like. I can game plan for this. It's also good having pictures too, because I feel like you can be like, okay, this is going to take me a little bit longer to foil. So I need to book it out a little bit longer or things like that. But like how long or how thick people's hair look. But for the most part, when they come in, we already have like that general understanding of everything that's going on. So basically what I just like to do is just be like, okay, let's look at these pictures. And most of the time people bring in so many pictures and they're all different. Like they'll be like, oh, I want a balayage. And it's like a bleach on the scalp on this picture is what you see. And then you see like TZ lights over here. And it's like a, like it's so many different things. And I'm like, okay, so what do you like about this picture? And they'll be like, okay, a root over here. So basically like dissecting those pictures and kind of putting an image together in your head. Mm-hmm. And it's, I like to say, I don't like to stick to just one picture because if it's not exactly like that, whether it's realistic or not, 
to get them there in like one appointment or a few appointments. I just like to like kind of like dissect this picture and be like, okay, you like the root on this one, how it's not dragged down as far as the other one, but you like the color and like the tone of this one's hair. You like the length of this person's hair. It's good to have a range too, because then you can fall somewhere in between them. Yeah. And then I'm, so I'm like, okay, let's try to put these pieces together, make something really custom for you. So then you're not like ripping anyone off or copying anybody. You kind of have your own style. And I think it'll be freaking awesome. You kind of hype them up about it. Be like, oh, this is going to be unique. It's not going to be exactly like X, Y, and Z or like this one photo. It's going to be like a little bit of everything kind of cocktail mixed together. And I feel like that seems to always work for me. I always tell them too, that it's your hair's version of this photo. Like we're going to get what we can for <laughs> oh, you. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I'm really smart. <laughs> And also I like to get pictures of things they don't like because sometimes they won't realize what they don't like till they like see it in a photo, you know? So that's always helpful. What is your best advice for handling multiple businesses? You do it so effortlessly. Tapping out. (laughs) Like I said before, everyone shows their highlight reel, not their behind the scenes. So it may look like I'm doing it effortlessly, but I do struggle and it is hard and I'm still learning. I will say that I am the type of person that's just go, go, go. Like I hate having a day off. I hate being at home usually, which is so weird. And I'm constantly just thinking of the next thing and wanting to work on the next project. So having that type of a personality definitely definitely helps. But I will say that the biggest piece of advice I can give for doing this is have a lot of help, hire the right people, have a good support system and hire out what you can't do. I think that taking things off of your plate is going to help with balance. And this is something I've been struggling with and something I'm trying to kind of work through right now. But I was telling my assistant today that I feel like all I do is work and then I go home and then I have Jagger and I have housework. So then I do all of that. And then it leaves like no time for like a social life or spending time with Jordan or or things like that. So I have decided to hire a nanny for three days a week that will watch Jagger, give the dogs attention, do some housework, run my personal errands I don't have time for so that when I'm home, I can like be home and actually enjoy my life. So, so yeah. it kind of took me a while to like get to that realization that I need more help. And sometimes surrendering to that and like getting the help you need is going to help you balance. So just prioritize your life, what comes first, try to balance out your schedule and everything. And that's really the best way to do it. And just have a lot of help. That's really the way that I'm able to do what I'm able to do. So I definitely don't have like huge businesses that I run or anything, but I do have like a lot of different aspects, I guess, of income and like different areas. Cause I do like hair behind the chair and I do hair on YouTube and I do podcast the podcast and I do education. And then I'm working in the back office a lot with Jesse now and like planning things and just, I mean, that's a lot of different things. So honestly, Jesse's right. It's like coming down at the end of the day and just being like, what are my priorities? Do I want to have like, and I feel like for me, I would be like, okay, I can have one night a week that I socialize with people so I can go to dinner and do whatever I want. And that can just be like my time. I would kind of like give myself like rewards like that in a weird way. And I feel like I was getting burnout so easily. And this can kind of tie in with other questions because I feel like I got a lot of questions about I'm feeling burnout. What do I do? But I can't take off work. But I don't know what changed and everything that I was doing. But I was like, listen, you've got to chill out. You've got so much going on. You need to just be like, okay, I'm going in today at 10 and I'm going to get off at seven and just bust your butt that mm-hmm. between those hours instead of being like, Oh, well I got to like three weeks to do this or anything. Like if you can get it done now, get that, sh- get the beep done. But I just feel like it. And then like after seven, it's me time. Like I'm yeah. not checking DMS. I'm not editing videos. I'm not doing anything unless it's, it's like so a crunch time or like something like last that, minute. But- 
Yeah, but it's helped me so much. I feel like I've been like more sharp when I'm here. I'm like, okay, I'm not allowing myself to just go home and be up till midnight answering DMs and editing videos and trying to come up with Instagram content and things like that. I'm like, I'm done at eight o'clock or seven o'clock, five o'clock, whatever it is. Every day it's different. I don't have a set schedule because I like to spice it up, I guess you could say, or like (laughs) not have something that's like so strict or anything. Cause like, I'm just not good whenever it's like things are so set in place. Like I like to break rules, I guess. So like today I'll just woke up and I'm like, okay, you can work as late as you want to. But then tomorrow, as soon as you're done with doing hair, you're not posting anything. You're not doing anything. You need to go home and just take care of yourself. Whether it's like go out to eat with my friends or just go home and watch Netflix by myself. Yeah. Those are two different ways of decompressing. That'll make you be your best at work. Yep. I agree with that. Cause it's easy to get burnt out. It's show is shawty. How to keep a relationship going strong when you both feel so drained, having a relationship while you both work a lot and feel like they have no time for each other. This might be a good one for you. Yeah. Well, I guess for both of us, because for me, everyone's like, when are you going to date someone? When are you going to be dating? And I'm like, uh, I don't know. Like, when yeah. do I have time to date? And like, I'll like text guys and like get to know guys. And I'm like, Oh, I want to hang out with them. But then I'm like, in four my weeks when I'm not traveling and like working, that's yeah, like what like, you have to hold say. On. I'm out of town every other weekend. I might work Monday through Friday every week. And then the weekends that I am here, I'm usually doing something <laughs> like who knows what it is, but I don't know. I feel like I've got to slow down and like speaking of like my breaks and stuff that I get for myself. Like I would like, I do prioritize like my like career and like working and things I want to do over like guys in general. Like I don't mm-hmm. put dating first at all. It's probably at the bottom, like up under laundry <laughs> of like my priority list. And like, I suck at doing laundry too. I just feel like I need to work on that actually myself and just be like, okay, Saturday, you're not doing anything. If, if you make plans with this guy, like don't, even when I do make plans though, it pisses me off because I'll be like, okay, I'm going to meet them at, let's just say six o'clock at night. So I can go to work the whole entire day. Then I get end up wrapped up in something or like a client runs over. If I try to take clients or I'm like, well, I only have like an hour left to edit this video. And if I stop here now, like I won't know where to pick up. So I just need to go ahead and finish it. And then I end up canceling or rescheduling or, or ghosting guys. And I'm like, what's wrong with day. me? Right. What? Or you're just tired. Cause you've been working all day. And yeah. it's like, you the last, yeah. And then like freaking like Utah County, there's like, if you're here, you're like in the closet or you're married yeah. already to a girl. And, <laughs> There's no one. And I have to go to like are, all the way to Salt Lake. And I'm yeah, like, I want to drive I was just gonna 30 say, minutes. The community of gay boys is Salt Lake. And I feel like they're all F boys. Like you've right. met no one. Great. And I just am over. Like yeah. I'm old guys. I'm turning 23 this year. And I, I don't want to just like hook up with people anymore. I'm ready to like. You're ready to settle down. Yeah. I'm <laughs> either you're with me or you're against me. <laughs> You hear that voice? What about you? Because I feel like you struggle with this. Yeah, I do. I have a really hard time balancing my life and turning my brain off. But something that's been helpful for Jordan and I is making sure we actually have time alone together, whether that's getting a babysitter and going to dinner once a week, or even just doing like a movie night or something like that, where we're spending time together with no phones. Also just like checking in on each other and asking how your day is and filling each other in and just like making sure that that person's like the first person you go to when something exciting happens or something bad happens and just sharing that with each other so that even if you're doing separate things and you're both busy, you're still keeping each other in the loop on that. And it gets harder, the harder you work and the more kids you have, it does get really difficult to make sure your relationship comes first, but you just kind of have to actively make it a priority. And I don't feel like there's ever a point in your life where your relationship's just easy. It's always going to be work to like maintain that relationship and make sure it's at a good place. So relationships are hard work, but they're worth it. I didn't even give advice on that one. I just rambled about my personal (laughs) problems. I just realized. That's okay. People want to hear it. 
Okay. I have one that says dealing with online drama. I shared my experience with Monet and I keep getting attacked. Ooh, I have sister. <laughs> yeah, right. I have no experience with this, so I have nothing to say. Just kidding. <laughs> more experience with this than anyone ever. I have two things to say about this. So number one is we did do a podcast about Monet and I have made my feelings on it pretty clear on Instagram, but I did want to apologize to anyone that we may have offended. I do feel like our podcast was pretty neutral. Like I don't feel like we we're mean, but like we were trying to see both sides, but like we both do have an opinion about it. I over the last couple of weeks gotten a lot of really supportive messages from people in Monet. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to say, I'm really grateful for those people. And I'm really proud of people who have different views than me being able to message me in support and be nice to me. So I just wanted to shout out to all of you guys because you guys are awesome. And it made me respect Monet as a company a little bit more knowing that people like that were out there. So have to say that first of all, second of all, I feel like I've had a lot of online drama, especially recently. And if you're an Instagram follower, you probably know what I'm talking about, but I want to relate it to James Charles. And that sounds so stupid because he's a million times <laughs> bigger than you, me. James. We love you. Please date Stu. But what I want to mm-hmm. say about it is, you know how like in his videos, he's always referring to like his sister scandals and like, mm-hmm. you can literally name his scandals, yeah. you know, like everyone knows about him, but it kind of made him who he is. And at first it was really bad because he was kind of known as being problematic. I felt like, but I watch his videos now and I think about like the scandals he's been through and the drama and the hard times. And I feel like out of all the people that have been in that drama, he's come out on top. I feel like he's he's like a different person. I feel like he's working really hard. He is more comfortable in his own skin. I feel like he's more genuine now. I feel like he learned a lot of lessons and it kind of helped him grow up a little bit. And I only hope that that would be the case for me too. And I feel like every drama I've been through, every online scandal or whatever, I feel like it has made me a little bit stronger and I've learned how to handle things better. An example being the drama I had like a week ago, if that that would have been a couple of years ago, I probably would have been like in tears on the floor, like not able to handle it and move on. And this time I was able to actually like fight back and have a voice for myself. And we were able to like make fun of it. Like we're like laughing as it's happening. And I would not have been able to do that before. So I do feel like with every situation like that, you grow and you learn how to handle it a little better. And obviously I'm still learning and I wish I would have handled certain things a little differently, but at the end of the day, you have to take it as a learning experience. And you have to also realize that there's going to be people who think differently than you that have different opinions and that's okay. And no one to shut up as well, because we've talked about money a lot. And we've even said like, we're done talking about it. Like we've said our piece, we're good. We don't need to keep the conversation going because that only fuels the haters and the negative comments. So no one to shut your mouth, no one it's appropriate to apologize. And, you know, I just think that you're always going to have people who don't agree with you and that's okay. And I will say like, especially like, I'm not sure like who asked this, like how many followers and stuff they have or anything like that. But imagine that like times 10 or 50 for like me and Jesse, because you're always going to have people who don't agree with you, who complain about everything you do. It's always your, the haters are your motivators. Like as <laughs> cheesy as it sounds, like I told Jesse the other day, I was like, I love being hated because it's honestly hysterical to me at this point. Uh, before, like a year ago, two years ago, when I first started here working, if someone would have commented one bad thing about like hair I did or like me not measuring properly or like literally anything that People I've said in the past, brutal. I'd be like, oh my God, I have to take it back. And I'm doing like a public apology. Like I'm so upset. But like now it's just like, laugh it off. Who cares? Yeah. The thing we did with our podcast, especially with the Monate thing, we never, 
have tried the product. So we never talked about that. Yeah. It was just the aspects of the market partners and like their initiative of how to get people on their teams and stuff that we had an issue with and found it annoying and, and, and genuine. But that's our opinion. Just like they have their opinion of how they love it. That's what's great about America, the freedom of speech. Like everyone has their opinion. Mine doesn't matter any more than yours does just because like yeah. we have a podcast and we're doing this or we're doing that. I'm not trying to persuade you to think like me, but I'm just being honest on a platform because that's the least that I can do. Like, yeah. And you're helping someone and that's all that matters. And like he said, like the more success you have, the more critique you're going to get. And it's hard because like the more you grow and the more you're in a public eye, people are going to think they know you and they're going to think that they can say things like it's just part of the job though. Like I used to be really upset by it, but now I kind of see like the negative comments and the judgment and the rumors is kind of just like the downside of my job. Just like every job has pros and cons. This is my con and, but I'm grateful for the pros, you know, like it makes it worth it. It really does. Thanks for all the love and support. (laughs) Should salon owners or hairstylists keep their views politically or whatever it may be quiet on social media as to not offend anyone? Yes. Honestly, I would say you can never go wrong with by not putting your opinion out there. It kind of contradicts what we were saying. Like, this is just our opinion. What does it matter? <laughs> but whenever it comes to like politics or religion or anything like that, I always like to shut those conversations down to the best of my ability without being rude. Whenever I'm behind the chair or anything like that, I feel like it just is always going to be, end up sticky because yeah, me and the person in my chair might agree on it, but the person beside mm-hmm. me to my left might agree with something else. The person to the right might agree with like something that's totally like Switzerland or opposite to what we agreed to. And I feel like at the end of the day, I'd rather not know who you're voting for or like what you, God what you believe in or like where you're going to church, what ward you're in, what hiking group you're in or anything like that. Shout out. Um, <laughs> Sorry. That um, was good. You know, you know, but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter to me. Like I'm just here to like have a friendship with you and like a stylist client aspect or however you want to put it, but I'm not here to like know everything about you or discuss like my personal beliefs or anything like that. Like I honestly would tell people like, I'm not comfortable talking about that, but not because I disagree with you just because I don't want to start that conversation and end into like X, Y, Z or other people feeling uncomfortable. It's just, is what it is. Well, and I feel like in hair school, we learn too to like steer away from religion, politics, anything controversial. And I think that's a really good rule of thumb. And think about even like before social media was a huge thing, it was like considered rude to talk about who you're voting for or ask someone Mm -hmm. who they're voting for. But now social media has given everyone a voice and it's a great thing, but it's also just a really terrible thing because everyone feels like they need to voice their opinion now. So when it comes to like your professional Instagram for like your hair or your business or whatever, I would say never do that. Mm -hmm. I just think that's probably not the right way to go. And then same with, yeah, behind the chair. Like it's different if you're out with your friends and you want to talk about it, but when anything is involved with your job, I just say, keep it separate. Yeah. I agree. 100%. Keep it in the, keep it real. That's the only thing you should keep in the closet. (laughs) All right. You know what it's time for. All right. Let's talk peaks and pits. Okay. So my pit of the week is that our diet Coke is out at the salon and that's so first world problems. But last week it was down the whole machine. And I was so happy to have it back because that's what gets me through my day. And now this week the diet Coke's out and we have to wait till Friday to get it back. So that's definitely putting a cramp in my style, but thankfully we're next to Maverick so we can go get drinks anytime. And then my peak of the week would probably be that Jordan and I are remodeling a house and it's been 
like a two month process of getting all the paperwork done and getting the loan together. And we finally finished everything today. So all of the steps is submitted and now we're just kind of like waiting for the next step. So that's like a big relief off my shoulders. Cause it was like so tedious and there was so much that went into it. So I'm excited that it's finally getting started. It's going to be super fun. Okay. As far as my week is going, I have came to the realization that it's time for me to grow up and be a big boy. My lease is ending soon. So I'm going to be getting my own place. It's going to be this do style sanctuary. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. I think it's going to be really good and kind of go hand in hand with like me just having my space and like my alone time. And like, not that like I hate my roommates or anything. They've been probably the best roommates I've had, but I think it's just going to be like a good time for me to like transition into like with everything else I have going on. Like I was talking about before of like just being able to be like, okay, after seven o'clock, it's all turning off. Like you can watch Netflix, you can do whatever you want, but it's like time for you to just have you time. And I feel like that's going to be really good because it's just going to be me, like nothing there to stop me, I guess. Mm -hmm. My pit is that it's freaking expensive. Like (laughs) I am used to renting a rent, like not having everything to myself. Like I have to buy like appliances and like Mm -hmm. furniture and like everything. And I'm like, I'm lucky to be 22 and like able to do it and like be able to be in the position where I'm like, okay, I'm getting my own place and I'm getting a freaking new car. I want a Jeep so bad, (laughs) but it is just a little bit scary because I haven't ever made big boy moves like that. I mean, like I've lived on my own since I was 19, but still not like your own, own. like not yeah, like I've always had roommates or like someone there or like something like that. You're going to love it. I think all me, baby. But you'll still be my neighbor, so I'll still be there for you. Yeah, well, for a little while, until you move into your new. <laughs> yeah, Yo, that's house. true. I forgot. And then I'll probably move again by the time you'll you're move in to your Provo. House have, like, <laughs> you just keep following me. All right. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I think we should do like a weekly advice episode, or not weekly, obviously, because we have one podcast. <laughs> a monthly so advice. We're only episode. an advice podcast from now on because we have so much letters. advice. So I think we'll do like a monthly episode. And I also think it would be fun to like call people and like give them advice on the phone and they could be on the podcast. So let us know if you guys would be interested in that. Thank you guys so much for listening. You know, I love you guys. I'm going to, there's a little forehead kiss for (laughs) listening to today's episode as a token of my thankfulness. Oh, Stu's feeling the love today. (laughs) All right. We'll catch you on the next one, guys. See ya.